0: When this boy meets world. What up, bros? What up, bruh? welcome to bruh meets world.
1: When it's Bruh meets world.
0: Your boy meets world. Fun to cost. I am Siege. I'm Tony Coitus. What's good, bruh? Hey, Coity. How's it going? Yo, yo, yo. You know, you know, doing good, doing good. Doing good. Uh, you register for any classes lately? Any any good classes? Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> Bru- I, okay. I just want to say I know we're gonna get into the episode, but this was so triggering to like all of like those things that happen when you go to college and you're like, oh wait, no one told you about this.
0: I have so many things to say about this episode because some of it I'm like <laughs> some of it I'm like, oh, it's interesting to see how they used to do it. Because yeah. this is like free internet, everything. And like, I would like even imagine now, the other day I saw something on, like I follow our school, uh, our our alma mater on Instagram. And they were like, hey, in order to get your football student passes, make sure you check your app or whatever. And I was like, oh, it's so different now. Is this for high
1: school or college?
0: This is for college. This is like, yeah, this is for college, like for the, you know, the football game. It's football season. So they were like, oh, to get your student pass, make sure you have the app. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm sure it's, like, so high-tech now. Like We wouldn't even recognize yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I would be interested to know how much of, like, the admin bullshit that you get caught up with at the beginning of each semester has gone digital because it's it's been quite a while. And I just remember that being the biggest headache. Like, basically everything Corey runs into. I mean, Corey pauses a lot of his own issues in this episode, but – I think we'll there's truth talk about to, that. there is a lot of truth to that idea of, like, getting to college of film and feeling like you don't know what to do and that there was things you weren't told and you weren't prepared for. I think that's very relatable. But, yeah, we'll get into the specifics of it.
0: Before we get into the specifics of it, we owe you guys a very long overdue morning announcement. Oh, yeah. Um so- so like, I, I I, said that I would do it this episode. And I was like, oh, I, I need to make sure that I do it now before I forget. You guys have been reaching out to us. You have been uh, responding, even while we were going in on our hiatus. So I just wanted to make sure that you guys know that we were um, reading your emails. We were uh, thankful. And one of the things I just wanted to say, um, I, I don't want to say anyone's name without their permission. So uh, one of the listeners just like all the way back, to episode 37,
1: um, Campaign Promises... Hey guys, I'm jumping on real fast because we have some technical problems. Siege's microphone kind of messes up. It's kind of hard to hear what he says right here, but basically what he's describing is that uh, the term cake eaters refers to uh, the wealthy and snobby rich people. Let them eat cake is a derivative of, of this. Um, something we weren't aware of that we discussed in a previous episode and that a listener was kind enough to write us and let us know more about. Anyways, that's the podcast. Um, and so that was where the kind
0: of insult of Cake Eater uh, came from. And I just thought that was like a really good piece of trivia. Like we love when you guys follow up with us and, and give us that kind of details.
1: Absolutely. And I got to be honest, I had no idea what that meant either. And when I found out, I was I was thankful to know because it did fill in a lot of uh, holes for me in terms of hearing it in Mighty Ducks. I was like, why, he, why the hell? the re- Also, this is a little other thing. The kid who says that in the Mighty Ducks movie who keeps calling the rich kid cake eater, he was also in um, a Michael Jackson music video when he was a kid. And I look exactly like him when I was I a kid. I like, oh
0: exactly. Yes, you did. Because here's like when I first <laughs> met you or when, anytime I see photos of you, I think of that kid. <laughs> but I He is my so
1: childhood long. doppelganger. Like the hair, everything, especially I him in that it. Michael Jackson video. Um, yeah, that's, that's a little connection I have to that random actor. That's always good. Jesse Smollett's also, brother, yeah. I think. Is it? I think so. Yeah.
0: Is it? It's not the one who calls all the drama, right?
1: No, I mean his brother in the movie. Like, I think he plays Jesse Smollett's brother in the Mighty Ducks movie. So, right, it, ain't college yeah, great? Ain't yeah. college great? Let's get right, into so it. So, you ready to get into episode? All right. So, yeah.
0: Um, uh, I believe we start every episode with your part which would be called
1: tell us about it
0: yeah all
1: right tell us about it college corey makes a mess which all of his friends are then forced to clean meanwhile eric hatches a sensitivity
0: scheme you know what I, i like hearing it it's not bad. You did pretty good on the fly. Pretty good on the fly. I thought this episode was kind of all over the place. So it was hard. I to... love that you said that. Okay. All right. I <laughs> wasn't just going. Me. Okay. I'm going there. Okay. So this is season six, episode three, eight college great. On the first day of college, an ambitious Corey fills out his schedule with tough courses, but quickly cracks under the pressure and flees to Mr. Feeney's side in Wyoming for help. In a B storyline, Eric tries to be more sensitive so that Rachel will be attracted to him. First thoughts. Uh,
1: um. Well, I mean, my tell me about it tells you a lot about how I feel yeah. about this episode. Um. Yeah. Did Corey kind of create a mess for no reason? Yes. Um. Did the show waste no time bringing Feeny back out of retirement? Absolutely. Um. I do have to say I'm. A much bigger fan of what they did with Jack, Rachel, and Eric in this episode than I was in the previous episodes, um, and I also thought it was interesting that the episode opened with bathroom politics, which seems very relevant. Oh my god,
0: there are so many! All right, so I just want to start at the very, very beginning. First of all, the, it is it's a little interesting to watch this episode, having done this show, uh, because. There is kind of like the hitting the same beats, like with Corey being like, we're in college, Sean. We could be whoever. Sean's like, "Eh, we've done this.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Just be you. That was all of season three of uh, the show was them trying to like reinvent themselves for high school. And I was I was weary that that's what this was turning into as well.
0: Exactly. I will say for me, what was interesting was. Even though Corey was doing his Corey thing, and they're like, hey, Corey's in a new space again, so he's going to try to change his identity. That, you know, I get it. And I understand, like, I even kind of liked that the, um, at this point in time, they're not trying to have everyone else on board. Everyone else is like, he does this sometimes. Get yeah. it out of your system. <laughs> like, like that whole sort of thing, which I appreciate. I would say there was a little bit of character inconsistency for me, specifically with Sean. like. Yeah. The idea. There are a few things that I like. Just right off the bat, I was like, number one, Sean was living with Eric and Jack, so he has been living on a college campus for some time or near a college, like he's he's in college town area. So this would not be as big of a deal or a big of a moment for him uh, as they kind of like make it out to be. But on top of that, he. Gets, he go walks into the dorm, and he's like, this place sucks. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. Sean grew up in a trailer park, grew up in Turner's place, lived w- with his um, new brother and yeah. Eric for a little bit. This is the first time he's getting a space to himself, and he gets to experience that with Corey, the person he loves platonically more than
1: anyone else in the entire world.
0: He would be stoked about this.
1: Would I, he not? I thought too. I thought too that he would be excited to live with Corey. Um I also just didn't see him feeling like college really meant a whole lot to him either and i'm just like dude you never even thought you were gonna get here so it just it seemed interesting that he had it it felt very similar to the dynamic they had during the graduation episode where Corey was very excited to do like the pranks and everything and sean was just kind of like oh i'm not really feeling this i'm not into it
0: and it's just that's weird is it not like yeah no it's very weird yeah I just feel like it's weird and it's not true to his character because, again, he would be excited to do all of these things. There's even, like, a moment where the whole family is inside the dorm room and they do a hug. And Sean's like, okay, fine, I'll join. And I was like, no, Sean would be the first one. Like, he would be behind Alan's back just hugging the entire family group because this the family so it's just i don't know i feel like they were playing sean a little too cool for school literally and i'm like i get what you're trying to do but at the exact same time sean would
1: still be excited to like start this new chapter you know i have to say i the thing that i was distracted by during that scene was actually everything that was going on with the matthews because i was getting really confused as to why they were doing these like big dramatic goodbyes because i'm like Hold on a second. Eric, Jack, and Sean all lived together last year. Sean went to the high school, and Cor- and Eric and Jack went to the college. So clearly they live within driving distance of both of these places. So what's with gonna all the I'm going to give you the 45 dramatics? minutes. <laughs> yeah. Like, why are we hugging goodbye? Why did Morgan resurrect from the dead to hug Corey? Like, what's going on? I
0: I, I don't know. I don't know about that. Because I will say this. I, when I moved out of my house, we did kind of something the same way where it's like, I went to college 45 minutes from my mom's house. But there was this like huge moment of like, oh, wow, we're in, you're in college, you have your own life now. Um, I I guess I'll see you when you Come around, you know? And it was it was a moment, there was a pause, there was a beat of being like, oh wow, this is a big deal. Uh, I do think the whole wow, four years thing was kind of weird because it's like where, like you're you're going to see him on Sunday. <laughs> like Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think like giving time and being like, oh wow, we've raised you, we've gotten you to this moment, and this moment's here, and we have to let you go. Like, I feel like that's all really good. But then also it's interesting because like, there's no mention of the engagement. It's like this one, it feels like yeah. it was written like out of like, whoever wrote this episode
1: had no idea about anything else that had happened
0: <laughs> over the last I,
1: four episodes. I think they marveled at where they were like, don't mention the blip. Don't mention the blip. They were like, don't mention the engagement. Just, just avoid it. We've done it. Let's just move on. <laughs> um, I only. I, I there's some weird like jokes throughout this episode, and the one that comes to mind in this scene is Corey's pudding obsession. It's there's the, the show does this weird thing with Corey where they make him like an old man and give him like old man tendencies sometimes, and they've been doing this since he would like season one or two, yeah. Um, With they want you to take the roles like there's it's just kind of been consistent and I know that there's an episode this season too where he considers himself to be as boring as celery, um so it's just interesting how they're building Corey's humor because it is very unique to this character like whatever Corey's doing that that like his excited thing his brand of humor I can't relate it to any other person on television or movies and i say that like even the will fordell who i think is phenomenal in this episode i'm like oh i see bits of jim carrey i see bits of this i see bits of that but with Corey, i'm with ben's performance i'm like this just seems like him or something i don't know it's, it's interesting.
0: old jewish comedy that's what yeah
1: is.
0: okay um if you watch any other like older like i'm talking like 40s 50s um jewish comedies like it's it's very of that vein i don't know there's like okay. even, like a character name for like the the kind that he's doing but that being said i'm sorry if someone like knows exactly what like that character or trope is called um please please reach out to us but um to me i enjoy it i enjoy ben savage i think he does it really well i I, and i will say like you said it's almost like unique to him like i think of him the same way i think of like zach braff where it's like oh i know what you're going i know your type of comedy and you're very physical and you're very like it's a it's a trope unto itself you are in that lane you know what i mean um but you you had just mentioned it earlier and we'll get there but i did think about the fact that both Corey and eric are like just being on an 11 this episode and i feel bad for like sean and jack because i'm like they just have to like look like both of them just have to deal with like this above and beyond craziness with the matthews boys which
1: is so unusual for like both of them to be you know what I mean for yeah, both the, exactly. those two that, uh, exactly. to be the com- comedians and for I mean I guess Sean has kind of become more of a straight man he hasn't been funny or goofy in a few seasons right this like, is what I'm saying like with him being like I actually thought to be honest
0: I thought that how it would usually go and how I would have liked to see it is they switched like Sean is excited Sean's like yeah, bring in the pudding trunk and all this other stuff. Yeah, And Corey's the one who's trying to distance himself from all of that. And he's like, nope, I'm in a new place. I'm going to be. And honestly, it would have like fit with him signing up for quantum physics and all this other stuff. It's still like, it still aligns with Corey not being himself. But like, Corey is usually the person who's like trying to be, he's too uptight in a new situation. And he's trying to be like, the cool guy like the chill nothing bothers me and sean's the one who's himself and relaxed and like i said i just thought sean i thought they should have switched and it would have made more sense just knowing the history of the show
1: yeah because if it was just like hey i'm in college yeah i'm excited that's one thing but like they had a really big opportunity to b- tie this into the engagement of Corey just being like, hey, I'm in college, but I'm engaged and I don't want to do anything crazy. And Sean's like, no, dude, I'm in college. I want to party like that would have been a more fitting dynamic for those characters. But, you know, hey, um, there's a moment where the girls walk in and they're like, hey, let's explore. And then they go and they the first thing they check out is a coed bathroom. Can I get your thoughts of that? Okay, so a few things. One, I I was like, no lie,
0: co-ed bathrooms, even like an alley McBeal, freak me out. Like large <laughs> public ones, they freak me out even because like, especially like, in this particular setup, like the way that it, quote unquote, I believe it's set up. I'm always like, oh my god, the bathroom is such like a high anxiety thing for me. For years, I would not use a public bathroom. So like, I like my isolation. I like to be alone. And then the idea of like just any and everyone going in and out of it would freak me out. But like that is so like Corey's whole let her use it. Like that whole bit. I was like I understand like the anxiety of like oh no I just started going in front of guys. Now I have to go in front of (laughs) everyone. That's going to stress me out. And I also kind of like that they didn't spend too much time making it sexual you know, it's not like we got to see someone in just a really teeny tiny, like, uh, uh, a train of girls in teeny tiny bath towels. Yeah. And, you know, like, a, like a volleyball team of guys going in. Like, they didn't make it that. They were just like, hey, this is a different venue and everyone's going in. That said, I do think it, the bathroom thing is a little ahead of its time. And it's clearly inspired
1: by Ally McBeal. Sure. Um, you know, it's funny. I'm i I'm, I'm... Just kind of joking about the politics of it, because they don't really say anything political about the idea of it. But I, I do think it's interesting because I always went to school. I, I always lived near school. I never lived on a dorm. So I was just like, is this a real thing that happens in dorms where the men and women are all sharing one giant bathroom because we actually do see this bathroom and then I think the next episode or the episode after that um, where it's literally just you got a row of showers on one end and you got a row of shithers on the other and I'm just like is this really like the best scenario for everyone
0: see I and I'm like I don't know about I don't know if that's a real thing just like with just like for safety reasons you're gonna tell me that like you like what I remember is there was like a girl's floor and a boy's floor or like you know like there would be some kind of things where it's like there is some kind of differentiator by gender and it's specifically because like safety (laughs) specifically for females uh, or women sorry Um, but that being said I don't know I don't know what they are doing now and I will say that like when it comes down to it if you want to talk about and, and bring it like political and all this other stuff I love what, what most people say is, is that like your bathroom at home is for all genders. It's like yeah, a gender exactly. bathroom. I get that. And that's my whole thing. As long as I have privacy where I need to have privacy, all good. <laughs> but it's specifically when it's like the stalls are like half open. And like, I don't know what it is about American toilets where they don't close the door. Like they always leave like that little half inch. Uh, I don't know what that is. We need to stop it. I've gone to other countries, and they don't do it. (laughs) I don't know why America's like the one spot where they're like, we need a little bit so you can see through. (laughs)
1: You you need to be able to check. Um, One thing I think is interesting, and I don't know how relevant this is to uh, this situation, but I got schooled on uh, women's bathroom politics like there's a whole like unspoken rule of like things that happen in the in the woman's bathroom according to my wife now i don't want to generalize it but there's like certain things where like like women will according to my wife (laughs) the worst thing that can happen is someone hearing a plop so yeah. <laughs> you have to be really discreet, you wait till no one's around or you make like loud coughing noises. There's like all yeah. these like yeah. unspoken rules. and I was telling her, I was like, that's interesting because there's the urinal thing for us where it's like if there's five urinals, you you know, you you go you know, one, one, five, three, three and five two, <laughs> f-
0: Yeah, yeah <laughs> one and <two>, five <laughs> is what you're supposed to do. And then if if a fourth <laughs> person comes, then you look to see if the stalls are open and you try that. Mm. Otherwise, it's just like, we all understand and it's forgiven. It's specifically the guy who's like number two, who comes and stands right next to you. And
1: you're like, what are you doing? Yep. <laughs> yep. And that's what happens in the co-ed bathroom because they don't know the rules. <laughs> I don't, you know, honestly, I just like, again,
0: I, I'm interested in it. I feel like something like Ali McBeal is different because these are professionals and they're at work. You're going to yeah. tell me college students who <laughs> and, yeah. apparently don't have enough common sense to pick the right classes. Uh, oh my God. You want them to add alcohol and just, like, free space and let them – I don't know. doesn't seem safe
1: that's uh i think that's a really good transit transition into the next scene but just real fast i just wanted to point out something super interesting which was at one point in this whole thing sean's kind of upset about corey getting excited about pudding and sean says and i quote i swear on my mother wherever the hell she is i won't be known as pudding boy's best friend which is the first time they have mentioned sean's mom since season three most likely yeah seems things about right yeah i did
0: like i did like that he like for me i liked that moment because that was like a little bit of character consistency sure uh, and i was like yeah okay i like that he would do that i that he says this but also again i i feel like the sean that we know and they goes they go back and forth between character development but i feel like in all honesty at one point in time Corey would open the door and you just see sean what a pudding cup! You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like that's totally where he would admit that it's his guilty pleasure as well. You know, it's just like they were trying to make him a little too serious this episode, and I, I yeah. like when Sean's having fun because this is you, a fun thing to
1: do. You know what? That's so funny because I feel like in the same way that Eric is just being allowed to just be full comic relief, I feel like they have been pulling Sean back, and Sean, I think, is becoming more writer strong in these seasons than he was sean and like i i know the poetry episode is later in the season and like that is the clear example that like this is a completely different sean hunter than the kid who like you said the matthews would go upstairs and sean's taking a bath in their in their bathroom like things like that he was so goofy before and this kid is just completely different and it's interesting because i mean other than like Maybe his parents abandoning him. The show hasn't really examined what trauma would cause him to become reserved like that. So it, it, it's it's interesting.
0: But like also, as you said, and I'm sorry, everyone that we're spending so much time on this, <laughs> but I just think that it's I think it's interesting that Sean doesn't have boundaries. There was a whole episode about Sean not knowing boundaries when he was staying with the Matthews. So this idea that he um, is so reserved when he finally gets his own place. Uh, yeah. And that he's judging it and he's like, oh, this place is a shithole. And like, those, oh, I was like, you've, you know, you've potentially lived in worse places or were ready to live in worse places, you know, like you were ready to like live in a bus station or whatever. So this idea that the dorm that is his and all his, and he only has to share it with his best friend, uh, not being good enough for him, just, I don't know. It felt like someone didn't really know who Sean was.
1: He also purposefully left his own bedroom at the apartment. Like he, he had the like he was the one who told Jack and Eric, like, "Hey guys, I think I'm gonna live at the dorm." Like they didn't force him to go. So if he wanted to stay and have his own room, he very well could have. So it's weird. Exactly. Okay. So uh, I kind of just want to stick with the A storyline a little bit,
0: sure. And then we can jump back to to the B. But then we have, of course. As we said earlier, Corey is trying to be this brand new person. He's just like, I'm uh, not going to do what everyone else is doing. I'm going to sign up. And I thought that this scene where they're signing up for classes is really interesting for a few reasons. One, as I said earlier, we do everything. We did everything online. So to see them actually have to get in line was very weird and interesting. It's like, oh, this is how that was done in like the 90s. But also... Did the 90s not have like
1: open enrollment or shopping week? You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, I had so many questions about this because this whole like conflict is based off of this idea that like, hey, you signed up for classes and before the classes even begun, there's no chance that you can drop. And I'm just like, I remember, and I went to, I mean, I went to UCF, which is one of the more populated college campuses our intro classes had like 500 people. Like there was no limits yeah. to the amount of people they would shove into an intro class. So I'm just, I was so curious why they wouldn't make those more available for every freshman, considering that they accept so many each year. I don't know. The whole thing seemed kind of weird.
0: Yeah, and that was my whole thing as well, where it was like, I I just was like, do you not give, like, these are freshmen. And maybe, maybe we've benefited from, because like we went to, college like 10 years after them so yeah. maybe we benefited from uh their learnings and they were like oh this tends to happen all the time maybe we should change it but i just found it very weird that a they would allow him to sign up for these courses
1: without taking the prerequisites and yeah. then you, B, thank you you 100% <laughs> need some cor- like pre- like you need to pass all of these classes before you can even consider forensics pathology or whatever the hell he signed up for exactly so i found that was
0: weird and then also this idea of you signed up for it there's no wiggle room uh i just thought that was i did i did appreciate the idea of Corey going to the um dean or the guidance counselor or whatever and asking for help and him being like, dude, this, like, this is college. <laughs> so, and college isn't for everyone. You seem to be overwhelmed. But I, I didn't like that he was like, so maybe drop out. Like, it's, you are yeah. supposed to be a little bit more understanding that you're dealing with an 18-year-old. Definitely.
1: Uh, it reminded me a lot of what happened with um Eric, where he tried to get close to the dean last year because he kind of felt overwhelmed coming into college as well. Um, It's just interesting that, like, Eric... Literally just did this a year ago, and Corey's not like, Oh, let me just do what Eric did. Like, let me just yeah. talk to Eric and just see how he said, like, he Eric was able to handle it, and Corey wasn't. I don't know
0: again. And it's like they, it's almost as if um, wolf L wasn't available on the days <laughs> that they were shooting this scene. Like, that's what it feels like because there's no crossover. Not, yeah. Like, this is his little brother starting college morgan was there as you just said they're not like they acknowledge that eric isn't there but why isn't eric there why would he purp- purposely avoid seeing
1: eric actually? i
0: find that very interesting because again it's like this whole we obviously have like a favorite thing <laughs> but it's also like i'm just thinking about like the damage that's being done i don't know sometimes i i do think too much about it sure but in general i was like why would as you said Let's even skip over the fact that he ignored the fact that his brother had done all this before. Why would he not go to his brother immediately after? and be like, hey, Eric, I fucked up. You've
1: gone to this college before. What can be done? Yeah. You know, the other thing I thought was really interesting was that Corey was dead set on taking all of these advanced classes. And I'm like, bro, didn't you like? hardly get through Feeney's courses like you were like a B minus average like you, what gave you that confidence to think that you could just like take on uh, you know chemistry or quantum physics or calculus like dude like I, I, I don't know he just never seemed like he had a very strong scholastic career while he was in high school exactly and so and why isn't he going for the things that we know
0: that he enjoys journalism Videography, like film, mm-hmm. any of these things, like he could, like I, this is what makes us angry because it's like, do you not know your characters? Like that's yeah. what I would have really enjoyed, just like a moment of them acknowledging that they know their characters, and instead what we get is we get a bit, we get someone who's like, we wanted to do this, we wanted him to not be prepared, yeah. um, and. It, Instead of being like, hey, by the way, this character just got engaged, just graduated, is leaving his parents for the very first time, and is now in college. What does that all – and he's living with his best friend for the first time in forever. What does that all look like when his fiance is down the hall? Like like there's all these very interesting things that we could have done as our first college episode, and instead we got – he signed up for the wrong classes and then went to Wyoming.
1: Yeah, it did feel like this was just an ex- a lazy excuse to get Feeney back, the laziest excuse possible, because even when he goes to fucking Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and I do not believe this dude has fucking air miles when you flew to Orlando <laughs> in a chicken plane. No, uh, 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 he said it was the pudding and he specifically oh my said,
0: <laughs> I believe who he's is- eating, he had a trunk full of pudding. He got the point.
1: <laughs> when has pudding ever not been marketed to children who is giving children airline miles in exchange for buying put i guys i don't know
0: i don't know if you remember the 90s we were just giving shit out like we gave all of internet access in cereal boxes like
1: <laughs> you're right i i specifically remember taco bell giving away a batmobile at one point so anything is possible i suppose um but yeah it just feels like this was the reason they were like okay Corey's going to visit Feeney. Corey's going to be super into Feeney's life. And Feeney's just going to be complaining about it the whole time. And then before the 20 minutes is up, he's going to be back in Philadelphia. It just. There are a few things I have a problem with this,
0: which is one, he just shows up out of nowhere, interrupting Feeney's calm time and says, you failed me. And it's like, okay, first of all, this man has done nothing. We've watched him. He's done nothing but spend the last, I don't know, 18 years helping raise you and dedicating his time to make sure <laughs> that you were prepared for the real world. I believe the sentences real world, our phrase real world has been used several times in this series alone. So the idea that you would go to Feeney and then blame him for your lack of preparedness is just high caucasity. It is <laughs> 100%
1: white male behavior (laughs) well i yeah because i was just like wait did you expect this motherfucker to like register you for classes like what are you expecting him to have done for you to have made this any different like it it just seems like one of those things where it wasn't Feeney's fault but them convincing or Corey convincing himself it's Feeney's fault is the catalyst to bring Feeney back. It all seems very lazy. It very is, lazy.
0: Like, I love that you keep saying lazy writing because it it ultimately just it's insulting to Feeney as well. Um this man has been working his entire life and he he's doing retirement. Why not give Feeney an entire episode of his own? Again, maybe we've gotten spoiled because, like, we're But you have 23 episodes that you need to fill. Give Feeney his own episode, his own story art, and let him realize that, actually, I, I did all this to retire, and it's not satisfying. And then have that episode bookend with Corey's uh, Oh, my God, I'm in college episode. And they cross over, and then guess what? Now you had two episodes out of the... Well, you got a third where you blend them together. Like it just didn't seem like it gave Feeney A, his deserved retirement, and B, his own willingness to be like, you know what? This this was something that was earned. That's another thing. I think that we and we can kind of get into this in a little bit, but like this just screams of pro-capitalism, pro-hustle culture, and this idea of this man who has been working his entire life, who works weekends and all those other things, now spends a little time not doing anything, most likely relaxing. As we've all been doing during the pandemic, when you've been working nonstop and you finally get a break, your mind needs just time to recover. But they're like, nope, he's not being productive, so... He's got to go right back into the workforce. And I'm just like, this is, it's, it's stupid. And then for Corey to just kind of like, be like, oh, retirement is you doing nothing. Not like you haven't just been working the last 50 years of your life. No, it's you get to do nothing and doing nothing is the easy road. I want to take that.
1: And, and even if this, this one episode had been a little less lazy in its attempt to bring Phoenix back, the, the, Overall thing that's unsatisfying as a viewer is that everything that they set up in the finale, none of it uh, of last season, all the stakes, all of them are retconned. All of them are gone. Topanga didn't go to Yale. They're not getting married. Feeny didn't retire. It was just like, oh, so what was any of that fucking for then?
0: There's always more story. Like, that's the thing
1: about sitcoms. It honestly felt like they thought they weren't going to get another season. And then they were told, like, at the last minute, like, hey, no, we're going to bring you back for a sixth one. And they were like, oh, okay, let's change the ending of the the finale to but, be a two-parter.
0: But as you said, you could have changed the ending without actually, like, you could just make them all sit with their decisions. That yeah. happens. Again, I just didn't like the idea of, A, them interrupting Feeney's retirement. Uh, B, Corey showing up ungratefully, and C, this whole idea of, even though it is very clear that Feeney is kind of bored with retirement, they spend like maybe half of a second, and they don't really, it really is like one line where he goes, I'm too young to be doing nothing, and it's like, well, that's that's a great storyline for Feeney, that's a great, like, moment let's give him like a full scene where he realizes that let's not just give him a line where he's like well I guess I'm going back uh, because I have to take Corey back
1: (laughs) yeah it also would have been great for Feeny to kind of realize like oh i'm too young to retire i want to go to europe i want to fall in love i want to like (laughs) i want to do something other than return to work like it would have just been great to see him cross something else off of his bucket list that he hasn't been able to attend to because he's been dedicated to his students like develop a little bit just to
0: give him a little bit of development is that so hard apparently so but i love that you i love that you pointed it out because that's exactly what i was thinking okay um so let well, we come uh, back go ahead yeah
1: feeney brings Corey to go see the dean which is also feeney's nephew apparently the feeney family has <laughs> education roles locked
0: down in philadelphia <laughs> did we ever hear about beanie having a sister before this is this something i think that's so actually up? i do remember him saying well remember I, this was a while ago he said that he does stuff with his sister like it was like a dinner mm. or it was a w- long long time ago but he did mention his sister and i think because, like
1: for the holidays uh, Christopher, someone who like helps kids all the time you never hear him say shit about his nephews plural no, no, just, you know, no, you don't. Uh- I just thought that was an interesting uh, – we got introduced to new family today for the first time for Feeney, so that was just interesting. Who I'm pretty sure we will never see again. And never, never, never. Um, <laughs> anyways, so uh, I think that's that's pretty much it. Feeney tries to help uh, Corey. He doesn't get anywhere, and then Corey just laments about it to Feeney at the rec room, right? Well, so this is what I was going to say to that. This idea of even Feeney going back and being like, hey, shouldn't you –
0: like?" Help this kid out. It's like, dude, no. First of all, you're overstepping. And I think they like made him have like a familial relationship because otherwise he would just be overstepping. overstepping.
1: Yeah, definitely. And
0: it's just like, no, you don't do this. And then also, I had such a problem with everyone because it's everyone solving Corey's problems They're just like, enabling Feeney goes back and he's like, Hey, shouldn't you give him an extra shot? Um, And he gets told no. The um, gang, like the Sean, Angela, Angela, all of them, they were like, we kind of knew you would do this. So we bailed you out, which also shows that he didn't for five seconds tell anyone, hey, by the way, you were right. I got myself into this mess, he just immediately panicked and went to go bother Feeney instead of talking to his parents, his brother, his girlfriend, her fiance, his best friend, his roommate, nothing.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a little bit of an over... It's like Peter Parker going to see Doctor Strange instead of talking to his college professor. It's (laughs) exactly like that. Where it's like, Like you did,
0: you did. Like, I would have liked more... I would have... Like, like they get like this really good moment towards the end, but I really would have liked for Fini to be like, you mean you didn't even talk to them about this? Like this problem was, I could still be in Wyoming.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And again, the reason none of that that happened is because they just needed a reason to bring him back from Wyoming. I, I will say this, that the thing that's also frustrating is that Corey goes to Wyoming, and you're right, he's super hard with Feeney, he's like, you're the reason you never taught me this, and then later on in this scene, he's like, oh, Feeney, you actually, what you taught me was so much more than about school, it was about friends, yeah. it was about life, and I was yeah. just like, where was all this when you were giving him shit in Wyoming? Like, why exactly did you him? Give him <laughs> flowers where he could enjoy them, like, what's up? This God. That exact thing, and that's what
0: bothers me, where it's just like, no, why, like, you... I would have liked somebody to at least acknowledge that Corey did all of this without checking with anyone, even if it's like a throwaway line, even if like they are like, we knew you would. And it was like made light of, at least they would have acknowledged that this was very much, as you said, the Peter Parker (laughs) (laughs) zero to 60.
1: Um, I will say that like, there was a lot of sweetness in the relationship between Corey and Feeney in this episode in ways that I hadn't really seen before. Like when he was on the dock, like Corey genuinely seemed interested in like, hey, how's retirement? How are you spending your day? Like, like what's up with you? Like, let's just talk like friend to friend. And like, even when later on, when, you know. Feeney's kind of, like, saying, like, hey, I'm sorry I couldn't get you out of this jam. Like, it does feel like there is a more deeper relationship between them now that they're not in high school, which I just thought was interesting to see.
0: I want to say yes and no. I completely agree with you in a lot of uh, what you're saying. Um, And I was, like, because I was going to get upset if they didn't. I was like, this one just came over here and he's just insulting but he still does insult Feeney's kind of lifestyle and he does like I understand that he's just like um this isn't a I'm not meaning to insult you but the next thing that comes out of his mouth is he goes this is the next best thing to like being in a casket I can't remember the exact line (laughs) like he's like oh yeah this is practically death so why would I not love it and it's just like again this is what Feeney chose respect that
1: definitely um i i will say that even though none of that a story made a lick of sense to me Corey could have handled this so many other ways there was no reason to bring feeny back they michael jacobs at the end they like have this moment where like i know where Corey's, you're going yep cory's just like Oh wow, I can't believe you guys did all this for me. And then Topango looks over at George and says, Well, we had the same teacher you did. And I was just like, son of a bitch, if you guys didn't make this so much more complicated for me, because like I love how you were able to make that meaningful, even though none of it makes any sense. So, like, that was kind of a, a hard thing for me at to like as a viewer to come to terms with. I'll give you that like I will like that moment where they
0: are like we've prepared we knew this um Feeney has always prepared us for quote-unquote life you know what I mean like I was like okay you made you made this work and you gave us a sentimental moment with them all on the couch I just very much as you were saying I still just feel like you cheated your way here but I'm not I'm not upset that I have it (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah because it also serves to a Feeny storyline in that moment too because he's like oh i'm up abs- i'm not really satisfied with what i've been doing all summer and then he comes back and he sees se- essentially his disciples like doing good in the world because of the lessons he taught them so it's like it's i i appreciate it but again it feels really fucking sloppy that's it it yeah. just feels lazy yeah. um
0: we you want to talk about the B storyline
1: quickly? Let's 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 quickly get into this. I don't feel like there's a whole lot there, but um yeah, why don't why don't you okay. start us off?
0: I'll say this. First of all, Rachel crying and being upset. I was like, this is the Rachel we should have gotten yeah. early on. Like again, this is what I said is like this episode feels written outside of anything that anyone else was doing. It's like, why is she emotional now? Like last week, nothing.
1: Like it, and <laughs> well, the thing about it that makes zero fucking sense is that there has been an entire summer between last week's episode and this week's episode. Yeah, that last exactly. week was 48 hours after graduation. And now they're starting college. So why you're right. Why the hell is she crying about her ex-boyfriend now? Makes zero sense. Exactly. That's
0: that's my my thing there is why why now? And then also uh let's even say that she's just been having a really tough time with the breakup. We can over that. Sometimes things hit you. Also, really good. I think New Girl does this better. It's the idea of her being like, "Fine," and then she's sad, and then guys are like, "I don't really know how to uh deal with this." You <laughs> like, like, they are there type situation. Like, I, I absolutely would have preferred something like that where it's like they but we all again like even though I would have loved something like that where it was like oh we are learning how best to comfort a girl because we're two guys and we know how to do that we even got that last week so it's just like this yeah. feels completely just disconnected from what we got pre in the previous episode Um, and then the thing that I really really was bothered by is this idea of First of all, there's Rachel constantly teasing the boys and to be like, oh, if you guys were one person, I don't know what I would do with yeah. myself. Like, no, this is a male fantasy. Please stop. But the biggest male fantasy in the entirety of entiretum is the idea that Rachel would go with a guy she barely knows, because she still barely knows these guys, who she knows is trying to like woo her and lock him in a very closed space and say come on let's get it on like that whole intimidation tactic thing only works when you really know someone you would not do that with a strange 18 year old boy i don't know a girl who's willingly willing to
1: make that gamble do you You, am i crazy you, you know what i have to say that i read that whole thing very differently and i'm not discounting that you're making some very valid points because men are scary but i i think if i interpreted it as rachel as 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 pervy as Eric has been <laughs> yeah. I think she still kind of sees him as a good dude I think that she understands him as like and again like I'm I don't know what's happened over the summer I don't know because there's been no <laughs> they details. haven't given us anything <laughs> yeah. they haven't given us anything she's been living with these guys for two to three months now so who knows but I kind of liked the whole bait and switch in the laundry. I don't know. and I'm just saying, I don't know a single girl who would go
0: into a basement with a college boy that she doesn't know who's clearly trying to have sex with her and lock him in and say, you know what? You want it so bad. Let's go for it. And does she like, is this something where she's like, ultimately the whole thing is her being like, Eric, you're a really good person. This isn't really you. But are you willing to take that gamble? Like, are you gambling that? This is, this is your safety that we're talking about. <laughs> you don't know this guy. You met him at most, at most, you said this was summer. We just started two months ago. And you're still just willing to chance a dark, enclosed, locked space with him.
1: You don't it know what he's time. going to do. It was a different time, Siege. This is pre Woodstock '99. I this mean, this is, is insanity, is what this is. I, oh my god! I, Speaking
0: of Woodstock '99, well, that's a whole other conversation. We'll go. We'll get to <laughs> later.
1: I I thought of it as she feigned him. I thought she called his bluff and she taught him a lesson without calling. Like she did the thing that I Feeny need does. Someone where she... to tell me. She had him learn a lesson on his own without her having to spell it out for him. And that's I'm not disagreeing
0: with what the show wanted us to think. I want a woman to tell me that she willingly would go into a closed space with a college boy that she doesn't know that well and then tempt him with sex, knowing that nah, he's probably going to he, he's going to tap out.
1: You know what, Siege, you bring up a very good point. And you know what? We have listeners from all over the world who listen to our podcast. And I would ask you, listener, if you are a woman who listens to our podcast, go on our social media and let us know. If you were Rachel, would you take the gamble of taking Eric down to the basement and calling his bluff? Would you do it? I'm interested because I I didn't think of it in that way, but I, I can see why you would Go ask ask
0: your wife and l- l- let her, again, just be like, okay, here's the situation. This guy who's really, really do you want me into to call, you. Do you
1: want me to call her in right now? I'll <laughs> oh. <laughs> <Okay>. do
0: it. <laughs> really good. I want to ask you a
1: question. Okay, so Uh-oh.
0: scenario. I'm
1: worried.
0: You, uh, you're in college. Remember, you're in college.
1: Okay. You've known
0: this guy. There's this guy who you've known for two months. He's really into you sexually you're not into him sexually but he keeps coming on to you so you take him would you take him down to your dorm laundry room lock the door and tell him you know what i know you want me go for it on the off chance that you're like actually he's a really good guy and he's not going to take me up on the offer would you make that gamble would you call us bluff?
1: No. Thank you. That's all no. I wanted. How long would you have to live with him before you would feel comfortable doing something like that? Pulling the move? Or would you ever?
0: Why are we testing him? Thank you. This is all I wanted. <laughs> this is all I wanted. I was like, I don't know a single woman who would test the dude who she knows is into there. No. And, and okay. not only is she testing him, she's locked him in a basement and been like, I'm all yours. No one can come in. Are you going to do it?
1: No. That's what I thought. (laughs) Which episode is this? I forget. This is is Sean and... No, this is uh, Rachel and Eric. Oh, it's all coming back. Guys, you are so judgy. (laughs) towards Rachel but Maitland Ward has literally built a career doing this so no 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 it's not the same I just I just I love and I appreciate her thank her so
0: much for taking the time to confirm and tell me that I was right because I just thought it was insanity
1: okay well here's one thing I will say about this whole situation is that I thought will for performance amazing i thought eric was so damn funny um a few things i want to point out about him um i love when he's trying to be overly sensitive and his definition of overly sensitive is just to wear a black puffy shirt and just waft at candles um (laughs) all right so is he or is he not
0: playing drake in this (laughs) like like i believe (laughs) i believe um what is it called uh marvin's room
1: is exactly oh, this the other thing that i thought was really funny too was that there's a lot of like ref- pop culture references again like he references face off he also yeah. says shut your cake hole irene which is a jim carrey reference for me myself and irene which came out around that same time um so it was just interesting to to get all that pop culture stuff
0: I, i'm not gonna lie i enjoyed Eric's performance, I think that he's fun. Oh my God, there's a scene where it's right at the end where Jack has born, he's dressed like a clown or whatever. And I was like, this is just one meets world, having fun, whatever. And there's a line where I was like, this had to be improv. When Wilfred says, I didn't say you could borrow my bike. I was <laughs> yeah. just like, okay, that was improv and it was so funny and it really it did add to it and it made it funnier so that was like the one thing where i was like i i enjoyed the acting i just think the
1: scenario is ludicrous and you know what i have to say like it's a shame that they just didn't realize who will Friedle was when the show started it just felt like they could have prepared us for this eric and a way better ways they could have like built storylines around this like even when he was kind of falling behind in school in like season three i think it was like rafini was tutoring him like it was always him just being academically dumb and just being like a little dim-witted he was never goofy the way he is now like he is just truly funny and it's just i i i i like it i enjoy it this is actually my favorite version of eric because of how funny it is but in terms of just like story like it's hard to think about this being the same dude that had like really serious moments with Alan when he wanted to be a weatherman and things like that so it's just it's hard to like make very yeah definitely definitely no I get it I just I I and in a way I agree I just
0: think that um I at this point in time I know what kind of Eric we're getting into, so I think I judge it a little bit differently because I'm like, oh yeah this is when Eric becomes this version of Eric. Yeah,
1: and I will say that, like, there is a, a, I don't know, maybe a handful of episodes, 10 episodes, where you're like, oh, wow, okay, this Eric is both funny and makes sense in this world. And I feel like we're, like, a few episodes away from that second thing not so much being true. (laughs) like yeah. I think that, like, especially when we hit season seven, it, there is just no limit to what they're willing to do with this character. So it it again, it's just it's interesting to watch in retrospect to go back and watch this c- character develop from the dude who, you know, was always dating a new girl in season one and had issues with like working at the grocery store. It's like, this isn't him. It's like, I feel almost this is isn't this like the time?
0: where Jaleel White has also just kind of spun into a completely different character on um, Family Matters.
1: Oh, you mean when he became uh, Stefan Urkel?
0: Well, like, not just when he's (laughs) Stefan Urkel, but I'm talking about, like, when every, like, when... Stefan Urkel was a suave
1: motherfucker, man. We gotta Stephon Stefan his
0: due. I'm talking when, like, you get, like, the Urkel-bot and we're in space and it's just like they just start doing really weird things bro uh, we might have to do about.
1: a family matters side podcast because you're right at one point they make him asian um it's I it gets completely real that, but you're all right. over the place
0: <laughs> but this, this, this is what i'm talking about i was like isn't there like a point in time where it's like okay this is just this is not the same show anymore barely the same character this is kind of like mork and mindy territory
1: and you know what i think honestly a lot of the problem has to do with when they aired because you don't see other shows like home improvement getting this far out there in their seventh eighth ninth seasons you see like um, shows that were on specifically tgif you see family matters you see you know uh you know step-by-step like all these, I think, at one point there was a show called "You Wish," like but there was a genie, like there was all kinds of just like shows that were so weird that I think you just had to be able to compete in that TGIF commercial promo. You needed to be able to follow Sabrina the Teenage Witch with a promo that would keep people watching until ten o'clock. And that's I think, so interesting. I love that I, you bring that up i just think that there was just times where like they went back in time or like they had like a black and white episode or they just did things that just didn't really make sense but like imdb is actually really great at this at saying like hey this episode was featured in this tgif themed block so like a lot of times what they would do with tgif shows is they would be like hey every show that airs on this date needs to have this theme to it and so like well, I That's think those so things play an interest play a part in it as well. I don't know about this episode specifically, but I do think that that type of um, encouragement to like keep a, get a promo that will keep people coming back week after week force these shows to go wackier and wackier progressively as their seasons progress to the point where like you said, they're they don't recognize the shows they started out as.
0: Yeah, and that uh, what I'm saying is that seems apparent. Especially now that you've like identified that, um, and especially that you've identified that it's specifically the TGIF shows,
1: yeah. I mean, all of them, you can even tell because at the beginning of the decade, like when TGIF first started, it was Full House, it was like uh, Perfect Strangers, it was shows that were fairly grounded, but like. Host sabrina there was like these sci-fi elements and things got really weird i think there was one where like this family had like an alien or some shit like it just got really weird and i think that you can tell that boy meets world gets kind of weird in the sixth and seventh season yeah it does
0: we start doing like little one-off episodes i feel like tv is competing with Uh, x files and it's competing with cable and it's just competing with all of these like buffy these really crazy shows so it's trying to be out there and outrageous because as we know um, a lot of network television tends to follow trends more than make them
1: 100% 100% Um,
0: all right I feel like we squeezed as much juice out of this lemon as possible (laughs) 100%
1: uh yeah I don't really got much else to say uh I thought that Eric was really funny and I actually thought that Jack was uh I liked him this episode I thought that he played he played a role like it was like hey he's the sensitive one and them playing like him being the sensitive one to Eric's goofy one. Like, I think that works. Like as much as I wasn't a huge fan of them trying to make this love triangle happen. Like, I think it actually enhances the character of Jack to have, to have him go through this. Cause it does seem like this is going to be more challenging for him than getting to know Sean better, which he, th- he just gave up on it <laughs> after Christmas. <laughs> You're
0: right. Well, also what's interesting to me is that like, he- I think both him and um, Sean are both like, no, just be you. You know, like they're like, yeah. don't, like, I'm sensitive because that's who I am. It's not an act. And I really like, I like that kind of like consistent narrative thread. Um, yeah. And I do like that, like, you know, it's only, of course, when they undermine it at the end by him changing himself for the opportunity to get, uh look at rachel's boobies um that it becomes like okay why would you even have this be the case if you're gonna undo it that's how i feel
1: anything Um, else i you know what i do not think i have one i i I think i've like you said we've gone through this whole thing
0: (laughs) okay what uh feeny lesson what's the feeny lesson it
1: could be actually (laughs) feeny's lesson (laughs) I honestly cannot tell you what we're supposed to walk away with as an overall moral lesson from the storylines. I honestly think that the Rachel and Eric moment in the laundry room where Eric learns like, oh, I need to be myself because that's the way you like me the best, is the best lesson out of the whole episode. I don't think there's much from the A storyline other than like, hey, I might have to inconvenience my uh GPA for a friend in order to prove my friendship to him at some point. Like I don't get anything from that.
0: Yeah. Also it's weird because they can drop classes. So like what's I don't know. I don't I don't want to I don't want to go no do that grace right period. Anytime. You don't get any <laughs> grace
1: period. All
0: right. So um that's I, I I was gonna say for me the lesson of this episode I will say more Like, and I'm going to stretch to include Feeney to this is to be true to yourself. Um, Yeah. Feeney, at his heart, is an educator. Corey needs to not pretend like he's more. Uh, mature than he is because he clearly isn't and eric and jack learned the lesson that what rachel likes about them is that they are their authentic selves so i think that that's kind of like the through line uh do i feel like i'm reaching a little bit yes but at the exact
1: same time i feel like it connects everything bra moment bra moment uh you know i think the bra moment for me and again this could just be reaching but um when they're talking about the co bathrooms uh a guy walks into the bathroom and corey goes uh boy she is butch and i just <laughs> thought that was kind of i was like oh yeah you
0: know. uh you know yeah i feel like they, they. i can't remember uh what it was i think for me the biggest run moment is just the idea that rachel would lock herself in the basement with a, a and and test a teenage boy's sexual libido i was like what are we doing here
1: actually you know what you're right there are better brah moments in this episode <laughs> i would like to exchange mine to <laughs>
0: i love your exchange giving program.
1: up a permanent vacation so he could return to the workforce because that's how you find fulfillment
0: (laughs) exactly again i i I went on my little tirade about that uh and it's pro-capitalism uh message i also do there are moments specifically that's what i was going to say about the bathroom scene there are specifically moments where i do remember that mark jacobs is michael jacobs he's a michael jacobs is a little conservative he's, like, liberally conservative. <laughs> yeah. yeah, He's like, he's gonna say do things like, oh, we're doing the Allie McField bathroom, but he's gonna make Corey be like, this makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, he's very pro work for what you have, you know, like, and yeah, it, people just it, want to be
1: lazy.
0: It's interesting College that the show the thrived, go.
1: thrived during the Clinton era, because you're right, it is like liberally conservative in a lot of ways that the 90s felt a lot like exactly
0: okay um what else was going to say the
1: grade what grade are you giving this i'm i'm giving this grade a flat out c plus Ooh. okay okay i was just going to give it a c
0: a solid c when you said solid c i was like Ooh, we're on the same page but i mean i think we're in c territory for sure
1: yeah, I think it's going to be a C road ahead, guys. Um,
0: <laughs> really?
1: Oh, no, not
0: that.
1: I don't know. Remember every, some, I'm going into this line, so. There are some kooky episodes coming up, and honestly, there's going to yeah, yeah, we'll see.
0: Um, I'm not going to lie. I oh, was okay. going to say, I've been waiting to do homework. Ooh. Because I have found a new obsession. And I mean obsession. I And I specifically thought of you when this happened. There is, you guys know us. We are not shy about promoting other podcasts, other content creators. We love this. I discovered a new, uh, I don't think the podcast itself is new, but I it's new to me. It's called um, Too Scared Didn't See. Hold on. I want to make sure I get it. Correct. Um, this is what I've been doing the, the entire time. Like that? Too Scared Didn't Watch. Um. So it's okay. called Too Scared Didn't Watch. And I, I just, I not only do I love the show because they are like really fun people. I found myself in the first episode being like, hey, I like you. And then by the end of it, I was like, oh my God. Like, I felt like I was part of their like little gang and I was having <laughs> fun and I was laughing with them, which is what you want in a podcast. But then also- The premise is so amazing. So the whole thing is they review horror movies, but one of them is so terrified of horror movies, she won't see it. So they literally just describe the plot to her. (laughs) And it's, so good to a listen to someone kind of like beat for beat just kind of describe it to someone but i think what's also fun and charming is hearing her reactions knowing that she's not seeing anything this is just like storytelling ghost stories yeah like this is ghost stories essentially and you hear her go oh my god what's going to happen to so and so and it's like she like legit you get to see her like real time reactions just in the storytelling. And sometimes she's like, Oh no, I'm scared for Jack. And you're like, you know that Jack is definitely not making it out of here. Yeah. So you're like, you should be scared. But you also see them like skirt the um uh, question and just like no spoilers for her until they get to that part. But it's honestly one of my favorite things to do. I've listened to like several of their podcast episodes sometimes they have guests on and they let the guests describe the movie Um, but for you specifically I think that you would enjoy this because you love horror movies and it feels like something that's right up your lane like just getting to describe the horror movie in all of its way and then Mm -hmm. just getting to see someone's reaction who again they wouldn't watch this movie otherwise and I was like oh there's so many horror movies where I'm like I will never watch that but I can hear about it Sure. And it's just, it's a little less intense, but I still get the thrill. And that's one of the things that they talk about. It's like, I don't, I don't like watching scary movies, but I do like, I do find some of the stories interesting. And
1: sure. I'm like, Ooh,
0: yeah. I want to know what that concept is. I will never let myself watch it, but I do kind of want to know.
1: <laughs> sure. So anyway. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome um that's actually that's a good one i'm gonna have to look that one up
0: um i've literally been waiting to tell you about this i've like i've stopped myself several times from just being like you gotta listen to this
1: i looked it up as you were telling me and i saved it so i'm definitely going to queue it up um i was gonna say that my homework assignment is have you seen on netflix uh the documentary untold the girlfriend who didn't exist i have had
0: literally everyone tell me that i need to watch this it's my like we do we um we do documentary mondays so it's on for this upcoming monday but literally every single person has been like
1: have you seen this <laughs> Bruh, uh again another homework assignment that i don't want to talk too much about but let me just tell you some of the i don't know how netflix is finding these stories how they are hunting out some of the most unbelievable true crime i've ever heard but this shit was so wild and i couldn't believe it but it's true and it's just i yeah i mean yeah Whoever's I remember the documentaries at Netflix deserves a raise because they are doing a fantastic job.
0: They are doing a great job. I've been watching doc, uh, Netflix documentaries. They are doing a really good job with them lately. A lot of really fun, most hated man on the internet. I was like in into and angry at and had all these yeah. opinions on. Um And I, I actually like this is kind of like a little bit of retro uh, homework for when we were over the break, the Abercrombie and Fitch doc. Triggering. Uh, triggering. Yes. yes, Very (laughs) triggering. Like, Oh my God. I just like, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun to, to watch. And I am really excited for this one because I cannot tell you literally, It has to be like the most talked about documentary um, in the last month because everyone just keeps coming up to me and they're like, have you seen it?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, Netflix, they did a great job with Tinder Swindler. They did a great job with a Marilyn Monroe documentary, actually, that came out a while back. Um, Here's the thing. I don't watch
0: that. uh, I'm tired of them exploiting
1: her. I'm like, let the girl be dead. Oh, you know what? I the the thing I found interesting about it is they got super into her relationship with the Kennedys and how that kind of played a part in her death in a way that mm. was really eye opening for me. So like, look at you just bringing mm. me back
0: in. I was like, I'm above this. I don't need it. And then you give me one line, and I'm like, God damn it, I'm gonna watch. It gets yeah, it gets really <laughs> into
1: secrets that powerful white men of the time worked really hard to cover up. So I just thought that was and really interesting. Ain't about that, that, that the way? I ain't that mean, the way, bro? Is- no. <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah. All right. That's anything a- else? No, that's all I got, bro.
0: I really appreciate this. Was fun. Again, you guys, you like, I did not. We were like, this will be a quick episode, and I think we gave like max amount of time. But um, thank you guys so much for listening to us again. You have fun this world. You've been to places. T, is there anything else you want to uh, wrap us up with?
1: No, uh, I would just uh, tell our listeners to, like I said, we're doing video episodes on our YouTube page, like and subscribe, check us out and feel free to comment because we really want to get your thoughts, especially about the question of if you were Rachel, would you test this dude. I'm already I've, I've
0: already gotten my answer, the answer that they needed, <laughs> yeah. which was the like the look on her face was like, why are we even considering this? And I was like, nah. thank you. That's all I've ever needed. <laughs> <laughs> I love validation.
1: Okay. Uh, um, but yeah, guys, other than that. I think they should remember to dream. I think they should also remember to try. And do good people. Do good. Uh, Alright. Later brush. Later, bruh. When this form its work.